welcome back to another episode of The Law Schoolers, focusing in this episode on civil procedure. And it's been a while since I've talked about civil procedure, but it is one of my favorite classes. I'm just trying to get caught up. Uh, as I've said in the last few episodes, and that's really where we're at. And where we left off in our outline prepping and all that kind of stuff, the episodes, we had moved into discovery and we had talked about uh, some of the schedules, the scope of discovery, uh, some of the requirements and and the burdens, all that kind of stuff. And we had started to move into the limitations of discovery. And I believe our final episode, we talked about privilege as the limitation. We talked about attorney-client privilege and the clergy-penitent privilege. And then finally, the psychotherapist-patient privilege. Those are the three main privileges that are available, protected uh, documents that are not discoverable. And now we're going to talk about another limitation on discovery. This episode is going to focus on work product. And the next episode we're going to talk about one last limitation, which is going to be expert information, which is protected. The whole goal for the rest of my day is to make it through our discussions on discovery. Uh, That will happen, I believe, within the next three, maybe four episodes of how that works. And then after... That I'm hoping tomorrow I will be able to get uh, resolution without trial. And that's just I'm talking about all the uh, summary judgments, uh, it, trying to resolve this without going to trial, and then talk about judgment as a matter of law in the episode after that, and uh, judgment notwithstanding the verdict. So let's go ahead and talk about work product. Our case here was Hickman v. Taylor. This was a case where there was an accident uh, that ended up killing uh, several workers on a tugboat. And uh, the tugboat company was like, okay, this happened. Terrible it happened. And we know we're going to get sued over it. So we're going to hire an attorney who's going to do some investigative work, see what's up, and then prepare for trial. And so they hired the attorney. Uh, He did the investigative work. And then, of course... They got sued, and they made it to discovery, and in discovery, the plaintiff is saying, hey, when your attorney went and started working on all this stuff, gathering information, uh, people to interview stuff, go ahead and send that over to us. We're going to request that is discoverable, and we're going to compel you to do that. Well, and the defendants are saying, no, you can't do that. That's protected because it's work product. You can't request our attorney to get his notes or her notes because that would completely give away everything that we're thinking about as far as this case goes. You need to do the work on your own. And so that's really what the whole idea of work product is, is to prevent free writing. So what are the rules? Uh, let's just go over my notes uh, for this because it has been several weeks. It was before the contracts midterm when I did this. Uh, first thing, the work product of attorneys is not going to be disclosed unless the lack of disclosure is going to prejudice the other party uh, who's unable to gather the information otherwise. Uh, it's been years, uh, but the statute of limitations hasn't expired yet. 
people have died, we can't interview them anymore, etc. And so the reason why we have this test is to determine whether the other side had an opportunity to gather the facts for themselves. Uh, if they had the opportunity, well, then they can't get any work product. If they didn't have the opportunity, well, then they have the chance to get statements from the attorney uh, summing up what had ended up happening uh, from what he had gathered instead of just saying it turning over his notes or her notes. Okay, one other, two more things to note for work product. Uh, first is if a, an employee creates a report for a business, that is not considered work product uh, because that's going about the standard business practice. Uh, so, for example, uh, say uh, a railroad tie uh, is loose on a train, the train drives past it and kicks up the railroad tie, knocks it into the thing, uh, knocks it into a stand which collapses and injures a person. Uh, completely hypothetical fact patterns probably happen, being honest, but uh, a completely hypothetical fact pattern. It, and as a result of this, uh, the company is like, okay, let's go look at what caused the railroad tie. Was there a loose nail? Uh, was there anything that we should have done beforehand? What caused the accident? And all those kind of things. And uh, that is <clears throat> not protected work product because that is something that the company is going to do in their standard checks uh, to make sure that they are functioning properly. So the process that we're going to ask, the questions that are important is, first, is the material available to both parties? If it's not available to both parties, would the material be normally discoverable? And if it is normally discoverable, is there a substantial need for the material? Those are going to be the three questions to answer. And then if we get to that point where it's yes, there is a substantial need, then it's going to be the statements of the attorney, not the actual work of the attorney, that is discoverable. And that's how work product works and functions. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Law Schoolers. Before I let you go, there are four things I want to say. The first thing is if you enjoyed these episodes and if you enjoyed the website, I would invite you to go and join Law Schoolers Pro, and you can do that by going to lawschoolers.com slash join. It's a way for you to support us, but there's also a lot of features there that I think you will enjoy. Second thing is that nearly all of our episodes are unedited. The only ones that aren't are pre-law materials, and the reason for that is so you can actually see the legal material in its raw form as I'm learning it as well. The third thing is that the information contained in these episodes are specifically only for educational purposes. They're not to be used as legal advice. And with that, the fourth thing is, if it is used as legal advice, we are not liable. That is, law schoolers is not liable for any legal outcomes. Thank you again for enjoying the show. Have a good one.